This is a Federal News Network podcast. As the government's construction manager, the General Services Administration does a decent job of meeting cost and schedules for new buildings and remodeling projects. But it fails to take note of when the costs or schedules are revised from the original. It's called rebaselining, and it means the project will take longer or cost more. For more, we turn to the Director of Physical Infrastructure Issues at the Government Accountability Office, Lori Rectanis. Ms. Rectanis, good to have you back. Good to be here. Thanks, Tom. Before we get into the details of what you looked at, give us a sense of how much construction GSA does over the period of time you looked at. Our review focused on those projects that are called major construction projects, those that are costing at least $20 million. And so given that scope from 2014 to 2018, we identified 36 of these projects. Uh, So these were not just new construction, but they were those existing buildings that needed new HVAC systems or or needed an extension or or something like that. Uh, So there were 36 that cost in total about $3 billion. Yeah, so it's a good deal of money involved here, and I guess in some sense it has a lot of effect on the government because of the thousands of people that work in these buildings or the resulting renovations, and so it affects their quality of life at work. Sure, this is a critical part of what we have to do in the government. You know, the government owned, in general, the government uh, owns or maintains hundreds of thousands of buildings, right? Spends billions of dollars every year to manage or maintain. Many of our government buildings are old, you know, 70 years old or so. And so the role that GSA plays either to renovate them when necessary or build new ones when required is critically important, not just that we do it well, but we do it efficiently. And when we commit a certain amount of money, we try to stick as closely as we can to that budget that Congress approved. And you found that GSA often has to re-baseline. I guess that's a word also used sometimes in military projects, meaning that the original cost or schedule estimate has to be revised. Tell us what happened. Sure. Again, rebaselining is a very common approach used in all construction. Uh, In the GSA vernacular, what happens is when you have a large project over three or four million dollars, you have to get uh, approval from Congress through this this item called a prospectus. Uh, But naturally, by the time you get that approved, you get involved in the design, the construction, certainly costs change. And if there are unforeseen circumstances, such as severe weather or uh, materials are not available, if there are unforeseen circumstances, GSA has a process where they will, quote unquote, rebaseline either the schedule or the cost. One of the major things we found is that in many cases, a tenant agency might come in and say, oh, we want to add something or we want to change something. And that is also a rationale for rebaselining. In our in our sample of 36, we found that 25 of them were in fact rebaselined. So the problem is not the rebaselining. The challenge we found is that much of the data that GSA reports does not reflect the fact that these projects were baselined either by schedule, by cost, or both. And what is the effect of that, that Congress doesn't know exactly what they were spending or what? Yes, the the effect of that is Congress makes an approval based on this original, what's called this prospectus. Uh, and naturally, as the project goes through its duration, if those are rebaselined, then the final costs 
we don't know how those final costs relate back. And GSA does provide information on the number and percent of projects that are on schedule and on budget, but that is reflective of the most recent baseline, not the original promise. So if a project was supposed to cost $27 million, but it ultimately cost 35 if a rebaseline took it up to 30 or 32 GSA's results would be based on the 32 not the original amount. Now, importantly, you know, in our sample, we found that in some cases the project costs came in less than what the prospectus offered. So we're not saying that the projects always cost more, but what we're saying is Congress and the American people just don't know what the final cost is related to what the original committed amount was. We're speaking with Lori Rectana. She is the Director of Physical Infrastructure Issues at the Government Accountability Office. And of the projects you looked at, how many were rebaselined one way or the other? Of the 36 projects in our sample, as I said, 25 were rebaselined. And of our uh, five projects, four of them, we, we did an in-depth case study approach to five, and four of those were rebaselined. In many cases, because of tenants wanting to change things or wanting to add money to the project uh, for changes that weren't evident when the construction started. Got it. And what was, say, the biggest rebaselining of the projects you looked at? What was that project? I don't know if I could say the biggest rebaselining, but certainly in the Department of Interior, one of the projects we looked at was the Udall headquarters building here, and the Department of Interior added $17 million to a project that originally was going to cost about $38 million because there was a library, a multi-story library, that as the project got underway, the department decided that they wanted to turn that into offices, and that was kind of above and beyond what GSA had determined was needed. So in that respect, relative to the initial cost of the construction, $17 million on top of 38, uh, that pretty significantly affected the overall cost of that renovation. Yeah, so GSA as the manager has to do what the agencies pretty much wish as long as those agencies can get Congress to go along with the new funding? Sure, exactly, exactly. Um, because again, the other part that we looked at in this report is it's important to be as close to on time and on budget that you can. But at the end of the day, either the renovation that you're doing or the new building you're constructing for these agencies, it has to meet their needs and it has to function appropriately. To be on schedule and on budget and not give the agency what they need doesn't really serve the purpose at the end of the day. And one of the findings I also noticed from your report is that in general, federal projects cost maybe 10 or 15 percent more than commercial because of the materials and the desire for longevity that GSA tends to build into the specifications. That's exactly right. And that's been one of the longstanding concerns that uh, congressional folks have raised, that why is it that federal construction tends to be more expensive than private sector? And in fact, what we found is there's essentially three main causes. The first one, as you noted, are the types of materials that the government has to use uh, because the government builds a building to last for 100 years. Uh, and that doesn't always happen in the private sector. The other issue is is, you know, we need to buy American. Um, workers on federal construction projects are paid prevailing wages, and that may or may not be the case in the private sector. So not just the types of materials, but the design standards and the, the cost of, of where those materials are and who who the construction folks are adds to costs. And then the other thing is just the nature of federal buildings. You think about building an FBI 
uh, building versus building a Walmart. Obviously, there are security there were security standards, blast resistant windows, setbacks, all sorts of uh, security requirements that a government building has that a private sector building does not have. And so, what our analysis found is that makes government construction anywhere from 15 to 25 percent more expensive than a similar, and I'm putting in air quotes, a similar project in the private sector. And I guess unlike the Walmart, there are ceilings in the federal building for the people that are going in there. What were your recommendations with respect to the rebaselining and the way that whole thing is reported? We recommended that GSA do a couple things. First of all, that in the information that they do report um, publicly and to Congress, that they provide more information on the extent to which projects are rebaselined, uh, as well as the full cost that a project uh, incurred, not just the GSA part, but any amount of money that a tenant agency provides. To the example I used earlier, GSA's costs, say, were $38 million, but an agency actually gave in about 17 or $18 million. And so we feel, to be most transparent, there should be information on what does that project cost and, and what does that cost in relation to, not just what the GSA piece of that was. That was the recommendation on rebaselining. And then, of course, we had other recommendations related to when they go in after the fact, when these buildings are done, when they do what they call commissioning to make sure things are working, and when they do evaluations after the occupants have got in the building, we recommended other things they could do to make sure those processes work better as well. And GSA generally concurred? They concurred. The The one area where they and we are not yet on the same page is the extent to which they report other agencies' uh, contributions. Um, GSA reported that they were concerned by putting that information in their documents. It could potentially lead to confusion because those amounts of money have been approved by those agencies' uh, authorizers. Uh, and so they were, GSA was concerned, could that lead to either double counting or um, not fully understanding that that money was approved in one place and used in another? We actually believe it's just the opposite, that because of that, it, it's most transparent to say, even if that money were approved for an agency, it's, it's most transparent to say what did this project fully cost across the government, not just from the GSA perspective. Lori Rectanis is Director of Physical Infrastructure Issues at the Government Accountability Office. As always, thanks so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffles Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week. So patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.